One of the most surprising things that I've found in, in, in my work is when people come to get some help from the service in, in London, they're not just presenting with alcohol challenges, but they're presenting with, um, with um, a lot of medication for anxiety, for gastric problems, for palpitations, for pancreatitis, for, for blood pressure. Um, and, and the saddest thing about all of that is they really don't make the connection mm. between alcohol and their health. Um, they really, really don't. It just, I, I, that's been the biggest surprise for me that, you know, the, the lack of education about people appreciating the, um, you know, the effects that alcohol has on, the, on their overall health. They just think that they're getting old and they've got stuff wrong with them. Welcome to the tribe. This is your weekly podcast from Tribe Sober. Whether you're already sober, striving to be sober, or just plain sober curious, you need a tribe. You need a tribe because it's so hard to do this alone. You need a tribe because you need support. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've got your back. Here at Tribe Sober, we have people at all stages of the journey, all helping each other to stay on track. On this podcast, we've got recovery stories to inspire you, experts to inform you, and plenty of advice on how to ditch the drink and change your life. So here's your host, tribe leader, Janet Gorond. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tribe Sober podcast. My name is Janet Gorond. I'm the founder of Tribe Sober, and I'm your host for this podcast. This episode is number 50. Yay! Getting a weekly podcast organized is hard work, but we're reaching people from all over the world, so it's well worth it. To celebrate episode 50, we're running a little competition. All you have to do to enter is give us a five-star review and a comment on Apple Podcasts. Take a screenshot of your review and DM it to Tribe Sober's Instagram page. That'll be your entry for the competition. The winner will be announced in a few weeks' time, so please do it today before you forget. The prize will be a free one-hour Zoom coaching session with Lynette, our awesome recovery coach. If you want to know more about Lynette, just go to tribesober.com, hit our services and coaching. So this week, my guest is alcohol counsellor Lynn Brown. Like me, Lynn is a Brit who came to visit South Africa 20 years ago and fell in love with this beautiful country. I moved here to live, whereas Lynn is what we call a swallow, who dodges the British winter by spending a few months here every year, although her wings have been severely clipped by Covid recently. In the UK, she works as a volunteer alcohol counsellor, and she also works as our sober buddy mentor here at Tribe Sober. So let's learn a bit more about Lynn and about the Sober Buddy program. And thank you for inviting me, Janet. Um, I'm, I'm really happy to be here today. It's lovely. Um, my name is Lynn. Um, I, uh, I live in London. Um, I'm 64. I am married. I have a husband and two grown-up stepsons um, and due to become a grandma very time, anytime soon, which I'm quite excited about. 
In terms of my contact um, with South Africa, I first went there in 1999 and basically fell in love with South Africa as a country. Um, and over the last 20 years, um, I've visited very regularly for longer and longer stays um, since then. Um, and on my last trip over, I hooked up with Janet uh, because um, in the UK, I was um, doing volunteer alcohol support work. And when I found the What Was the World Without Wine website, uh, I thought it would be a really good idea to connect with Janet and, uh, and just share experiences, really. So uh, hence uh, why I'm here today. Lynn, um, let's let's talk a bit about your your drinking history, shall we? Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> yeah, um, I think um, it, it, I had the classic pattern of um, of teenage drinking um, in the UK, growing up, getting drunk, um, you know, from about sixteen onwards, um, and trying to hide it from my parents. Um, going out and getting drunk at university because that's what you did, um, and then um, after university, starting work and partying most Friday nights and Saturday nights um, at, at the weekend. Um, and my, my, I was in HR at the time and, um, and I, I developed that, uh, that wine habit, uh, my go-to at the end of each evening, end of each day to uh, a couple of glasses of wine to, to relax and, and wind down. And for many years, I probably didn't go beyond that. Um, but, um, but even so, over those years, um, I found that I was starting to sense more than anything else that it wasn't doing me any favours. I was generally feeling tired, especially on Mondays. Um, I was never able to really lose weight. Um, I often felt very bloated. Um, and, you know, my girlfriend nights out um, always ended up with some major crisis and somebody always crying, um, which started to become um, just uh, unenjoyable after a while. Um, and, it, and, and I often thought over those years about stopping, but I, but I never really did. Um, uh, and it, it, it obviously wasn't bad enough uh, for me to consider stopping at that time. Um, I was drawn to actually volunteering in uh, for drug and alcohol dependence about uh, 15 years ago. Um, and, and actually, at that time, I really didn't know why. But on reflection, I think it was because I thought it could be a way for me to uh, understand and conquer um, and control my own drinking. Um, uh, because I'd always felt that I was a really strong person and could conquer the world, um, but I couldn't seem to get a handle on why I was continuing to drink. And, and during that time, I became really quite fascinating, fascinated about addiction um, and, um, and what it was, um, and not just alcohol addiction, drug addiction at the time. Um, and that's when I started to explore what it really meant. I guess I just continued to drink, um, and, um, and as, as, as I was transitioning into uh, out of the working world, more into retirement, it was so, so easy to begin to drink more. Um, and I really just didn't didn't want to go there. But but I think more importantly for me, my health was really beginning to suffer. Um, I was on medications for acid stomach. I was developing red veins in my face. My sleep was disturbed, and I just had a general feeling of of malaise. And this again went on for a few years, um, but was actually building up to the day where I said, right, this is it. 
I'm just going to stop now. And that was actually three years ago on the 9th of May, just gone. So, um, uh, um, and I've never touched a, a, a drop since. So, um, can I have my badge, please, Janet? <laughs> <laughs> I shall arrange for that badge. Well done on that three years so sobiversary. Thank you. Yeah, it, it's very interesting the way that you were drawn towards the volunteering as a way to really understand addiction, I think, isn't it? And you, you didn't consciously do it for that reason but it's almost like your subconscious was pushing you towards that I absolutely think that was what what was happening yeah Yeah, um and I just didn't realize it at the time interestingly yeah Yeah. you're listening to a podcast from tribe sober so here you are Lynn three years sober looking great talk to us about the the main benefits of sobriety for you I think for me, I mean, there are a million benefits to sobriety, and um, and but but there are two things that really um, I I value so much that uh, uh, that that I've been able to experience over the last three years, and and the first one is just not waking up with a hangover. Um, I absolutely look back now and think about the times when I woke up um, feeling sort of generally under the weather um, and the difference to be waking up completely refreshed with absolutely no alcohol in the system um, is just for me the the, the best ever feeling because it means I can get on with my life without having to drag myself through my life um, and, you know, I really wished I'd have come to that conclusion a, a long, long time ago um, when I look back at those mornings when um, I didn't feel so great. Um, the second one for me was just be, is just being able to eat more food. Um, I can... Uh, uh, I was always having to balance wine calories and um, and food calories when I was drinking, and uh, and not having to do that anymore, and just being able to eat more, eat uh, and eat better, um, uh, has has been fantastic. And never to have to worry about how much I eat really, because um, uh, that was always at the back of my mind. If I keep drinking, I'm just going to keep putting on weight, and and you know I I, I want a pudding, but I can't have one. <laughs> So that's all gone away now, and uh, that that feels great. Yeah, that's so interesting about the eating. I remember at the end of meals when I, I was out, I'd always say when it came for dessert, I'd always say, oh, I'll have another glass of wine instead of a dessert. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, we convince ourselves that's terribly sophisticated rather than eating sweet things. But uh, what, what I really love is, I mean, it took a long time with me, I would say. It took at least a year. But I do feel like my metabolism has kind of um, recalibrated because mm. now I, I can eat what I want and I don't put on weights. Whereas when I was drinking, you know, I felt every, if I just had one bad day, you know, it would really show on show on the scales. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I share your enthusiasm for being able to eat lots. <laughs> so, Lynn, in, over there in the UK, you're bit further ahead than we are with the pandemic because you're you lucky things you've all been vaccinated and you're emerging from it but there's all sorts of scary articles coming on I mean I just posted another one on my Facebook this morning along the same theme saying that there's really been a dramatic rise in alcohol related deaths during to to uh, 2020 so I just wondered what your view was. I mean, have people been turning to drink during the lockdowns? 
Oh, uh, undoubtedly, Janet. Um, there's been a massive, massive increase um, in consumption o- over lockdown in the UK. Um, uh, since January, I've actually been working three days a week um, with the London Alcohol Service, um, who, who who basically ha- asked me to transition from volunteer into sessional work to uh, cope with that demand. Um, and um, and it's it's a major challenge, and and the key challenges for me trying to help people during lockdown has been that initially many people come to the service, um, and they 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 say they want help to cut down um, because they've started to drink more, um, and as. I'm sure many of our members know it's incredibly hard to do that. Um, but even more so in lockdown because they've been unable to change their routines or distract themselves uh, during lockdown, which is one of the ways in which you can sort of start to, to uh, change your drinking habits. Um, so um, uh, when they finally realise that cutting down isn't working for them, um, and, and one of the most common things when when I try to work with people on on uh, on on reducing, is I just find they they quite often say to me I just find it impossible to leave wine in the bottle. Um, once I've opened a bottle, I just carry on. I can't I can't uh, control that. Um, so when they reach that point where they decide that they've just got to stop, um, either stop permanently or take a break. Um, they're then faced with the challenge of rebuilding their lives again um, because alcohol has been such a big part of their lives, which has been, again, really, really super difficult during lockdown because they haven't been able to um, broaden out their life um, um, in terms of getting out, doing more exercise, uh, connecting with people, building new hobbies, etc. Um, so it's it's a it's been a, a, a really tough time holding people um, uh, uh, and until the end uh, and, and as lockdown has, has progressed. And it's noticeable now that now we're moving out of lockdown in the UK um, that 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 it's becoming slightly more easier to help people rebuild their lives and thus not have alcohol as a as a major um, factor. Um, which is, you know, thankfully will hopefully reduce um, the, um, you know, the the general sort of dependence uh, in the UK moving forward. Um, but the other th- the other thing in the article that I was quite um, uh, curious about is it, it talked about deaths that can be directly attributable to to alcohol. You know, there's just over seven and a half thousand deaths that are directly attributable, but there are so many more deaths um, uh, as a result of um, of, of other causes. Um, and again, one of the most surprising things that I've found in, in, in my work is when people come to get some help from the service in, in London, they're not just presenting with alcohol challenges, but they're presenting with, um, with um, a lot of medication for anxiety, for gastric problems, for palpitations, for pancreatitis, for, for blood pressure. Um, and, and the saddest thing about all of that is they really don't make the connection between alcohol and their health um they really really don't um and all of uh, those things you've just mentioned you know if if they stop drinking for a few months that would all improve dramatically wouldn't it absolutely absolutely and um 
and and it just I, I that's been the biggest surprise for me that you know the the lack of education about people appreciating the um, you know the effects that alcohol has on the, on their overall health they just think that they're getting old and they've got stuff wrong with them you know they they don't make the connection between alcohol and and um, and uh, and their health at all until we start to do that education. You're listening to a podcast from Tribe Sober. If you'd like to join our warm and welcoming community, just head on over to tribesober.com and hit the membership tab. That's www.tribesober.com. And it's all very well getting um, medication for all of these things, but then when you're drinking alcohol, taking medication, that's that's not a great mix either, isn't it? No. At no, the, especially at the very best, it stops the medication working. Yeah, especially with with people, a lot of pre- people presenting with anxiety and depression through lockdown, and and then when you say to them, "Oh well, um, you know, if you if you were to stop that the the alcohol, then you know y- y- you would find that your medication would work better, and you would you would feel better." Um, and and again, a, a lot of ignorance around that. Yeah, a lot of it is down to education, isn't it? Mm. And I think the, the lockdown's been a double whammy, really, because um, drinking too much, it, it narrows our life anyway, because we only become interested in drinking-related activities. And then with a lockdown where you can't physically go out and do other yeah. stuff, it's uh, it's really been, been hectic. Absolutely. And, and yeah, I'm hoping that, that you know, our ability to be able to help people moving forward will will be a lot easier um, yes. because there'll there'll be other things to talk about other than you know what's been on Netflix or yes. <laughs> um, yes. uh, what what they can do with their time. Yes. What what kind of methods have you been using, Lynn? Is it kind of counselling uh, approach? When people come with a um, a strong dependency, um, uh, there's obviously that danger of getting them uh, is if they stopped too too quickly um, because of the withdrawal and the and the health impact. So what we generally do with people with a fairly heavy dependency is work on on reduction pro, uh, on a redu- reduction plan, and we do we do a reduction plans that are are very steady and very um, uh, quite slow and and the key to helping people with their reduction plan is to keep in contact with them so get them to do a drinks diary get them um, to buy a measuring jug get them to to uh, understand how to you know how strong their alcohol is maybe instead of having five percent lager they have three percent lager so we we work initially on on reduction because we've you know the, the harm that that's creating with people and then when when we've got people to a, a, a to have demonstrated that they they can do it then we tend to evolve into the conversation well how would you feel about stopping completely um when we believe that they are in a safe place to do that and and then that we we set up a plan with them we we put them in in groups um so we have a relapse prevention group for example when people when people have decided to to stop uh, regular one-to-ones and it's it's that it's that support it's that contact that, and um, that accountability that I think works um, and mm-hmm. it's also building trust with people uh, to be able to be frank when one needs to be frank with them but be able to be supportive with them when 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 they have a lapse or a relapse and just want you know just want to talk 
Yeah, yeah. It's all about community support, isn't it? Mm, and accountability, like as you say. Mm. I mean, that, that all sounds sounds great, what you're doing, Lynn. Mm. So you helped us set up our Sober Buddy program. I'll just give a little bit of background, then I'll ask you to talk more about it. Mm. But we found that uh, people were getting sober with uh, Tribe Sober. We, we've been going now for more than five years. So people would get sober. They'd be members chatting every day on WhatsApp, Zoom cafes, etc. And you could sense that they weren't really ready to walk off into the sunset as a sober person. They seemed to want to hang around. And then they started unofficially helping people, advising people. So we thought that would be uh, a really cool way to keep people in our community and make use of that expertise that they'd built up, that they'd learned, and they could give more one-to-one support and accountability to to new people and people who were struggling, you know, maybe people that had relapsed. So Lynn very kindly stepped in and put a bit of structure in that for me. <laughs> so talk us through how you got us organised. Sure. Um, I, I think um, I initially there was a group of people who'd um, sort of evolved it to become a sober buddy, and it wasn't really clear what that that role um, was, other than to you know chat to somebody who who wanted to chat on a, more on a one to one basis. And so it, it felt important to try and define um, the role of the sober buddy um, uh, a, a little bit more. Um, and and it's, you know, because the the sober buddies are people who have um, have found their way to sobriety with um, tribe sober, and really are very motivated to to share their experiences and give back um, and support Janet and support um, tribe sober in um, in the overall membership program. The the, the sober buddies they're not qualified uh, counsellors, they're not qualified coaches, so their remit is very much just to uh, to provide support, to provide a listening ear, and to really share their own experiences um, of what worked for them um, as as they uh, as they went on their sober journey. So, so that's that's how we evolved the role of the sober buddy in terms of qualifying, if you like, uh, for 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 a buddy. At, at first, I think what we did is um, uh, people were struggling and they said, "Oh, well, go to a sober buddy." But we found that the sober buddy wasn't necessarily qualified to help someone who hadn't yet made a personal commitment towards sobriety. So we wanted to um, strengthen that. Uh, that criteria, if you like, to qualify to have a buddy. And so we, we did a little bit of work on that. And um, so if, if anybody out there wants to have a sober buddy, uh, it, it's one of those key membership features of, of Tribe Sober. And they need to be at a point where they're on that road to recovery with a clear commitment to staying sober. I think most people with, within the community, and Janet's you know, explained many, many times about moderation versus, versus uh, sobriety. And moderation is hard, controlled, is difficult. So people need to have reached the point where they um, have made a clear commitment to stay sober. And they will have demonstrated that commitment in in probably a couple of ways. They will have um, made some progress on one of the challenges that uh, Tribe Sober offers, the the 30-day, the 66-day challenges. And they will have attended one of uh, of the workshops that that you, Janet, have been running.
learning because these workshops are really critical because they're the turning point to really set the scene for a sober life and it's at that point after a workshop where someone can ask for a buddy and then my remit then is to um, is to team you up with with one of our uh, one of our buddies um, who will who will offer that regular support, uh, check-ins, and 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 a listening ear. So, um, if anybody does want a sober buddy, my email details are on the website. Be very very happy to um, connect you up with one of our sober buddies. I do have a couple, a few quotes actually from um, from our our people who've um, our, our members who've had the benefits of um, of a sober buddy. So I'm just going to read a few out, actually, because I think they're really nice. I feel heard and seen and understood. Uh, she offers me support, inspiration and hope, and I would thoroughly recommend. Uh, from, from another one of our uh, members, keeps me accountable and focused and strong, has been such a rock and anchor for me. Um, a final one. Without check-ins, I don't think I would have made the progress that I've made. You know, some really nice uh, feedback around um, around the value of, of having a sober buddy. Because we do know that, you know, that we can make a commitment to, to a sober journey, but it is a rocky road. There's, um, you know, there's a lot of transitions, both personal, uh, physical, that that uh, uh, that come along with um, with sobriety, and I think just having somebody who's been through that themselves, and with whom you can share your uh, your hopes, your fears, and and your um, and ask questions, I think is a really really beneficial um, uh, feature of of the membership program. Every Saturday afternoon, we open up our Tribe Sober Zoom Cafe. It's a safe space where our members can connect, check in, and just shoot the breeze about alcohol-free living. If you'd like to be a guest at the cafe one Saturday, just drop us an email at janet at tribesober.com. That's janet, J-A-N-E-T, at tribesober.com, and we'll send you an invitation. Yeah, it's, it's working really well. So thank you so much, Lynn, mm. for all you've done. Sure. And I often get messages from people that have had a sober buddy and they say it's, it's um, I so appreciate, you know, being able to mm. work with this person. And it's just that extra layer of accountability, isn't it? Because, of course, we have our, our groups and our Zoom cafe and our WhatsApps. But just to have that one-to-one, you know, someone maybe you can ring in the evening and have a little chat with rather than um, wondering who shall I talk to in the group group or shall I ask the whole group just that one person that that understands you and knows you quite well so um, thank you so much for setting that up and managing it mm-hmm. so Lynn if there's anyone listening to this thinking oh I should give up drinking really but I've no idea how to start mm-hmm. what would you say to them oh I would say join tribe sober oh, thank you thank <laughs> well, you Lynn and I'm not just saying that Janet I mean <laughs> I, I really do I think I think the key thing is um is being with a group of like-minded people so important um you know uh, in the work that I do with my group when people have lapses and we discuss lapses the fact that you can 
and discuss them with people who said, oh, gosh, that happened to me and this is what I did, you know, is just is just uh, gold dust um, in, in terms of help and support. So I would definitely uh, recommending jo- join Tribe Sober. But also reading, education about alcohol is a big thing. I, I feel very strongly about that, having been totally ignorant myself and and, and learnt um, such a lot about uh, about alcohol and uh, and what it does to us uh, to ourselves and you know a lot of people I've t- I've been able to turn a corner the people that I've been working with when you actually share what alcohol does um, and what alcohol is they go oh my god you know I never realised that that was what was that that was what I've been doing for the last twenty odd years um, so education reading articles um, uh, for me is 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 another big one. Yeah, I think education is huge. I say to people at the workshop, um, treat it as a research project, you know, and just yes. read and listen to podcasts and Google what does alcohol do to, to mm-hmm. my body. The, the more you find out about this stuff, the less you want to touch it, to mm-hmm. be honest. You know, we've just been duped by um, by the marketing companies, by the liquor companies for, for decades. Uh-huh. So we now have to kind of educate ourselves and, uh, and deprogram ourselves. <laughs> I think no, that's, no, no. that's the I, right I, way. I'm afraid I, I get quite, um, I get, because I'm attuned now to to obviously what alcohol does, and I watch a film or watch a movie, and I see I see you know the the the, the decanter that comes out at eleven o'clock in the morning, and and seemingly highly intelligent people who are just knocking back you know units of whiskey, and it I just want I just want to throw something at the TV, you know, because it's just perpetuating the myth that alcohol is the you know is 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 the elixir of life, and and it's totally the opposite exactly so i was watching uh, finding faith last night i don't uh, know if you've ever seen yeah that. yeah just wine 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 it just never stops yeah yeah even but thankfully even, they have got one of their characters that's now going to aa so oh, God. at least they've mentioned that that it can go a little bit too far absolutely okay well that's that's wonderful lynn thank you so much uh, any last points you'd like to raise before we say goodbye no, I, I, I mean, I'm just, um, I, I would just really encourage people um, to stick with, with Tribe Sober, um, take advantage of all the membership features that, that it offers. And, um, and you know, we have, we have a group of active sober buddies who are more than happy to, uh, to support people. So, you know, please feel free to, you know, take advantage of, of that feature that's on offer because it's there waiting for you. So there you heard me talking to Lynn Brown. Let's pick up a few highlights from that conversation. Lynn's drinking was never hectic. She never had a dramatic rock bottom. She just became more and more aware that she always felt a bit below par. And she knew that giving up alcohol would improve her health as she got older. And indeed, since going alcohol-free, she's experienced considerable benefits. She sleeps much better and wakes up refreshed every morning. And she loves the way she can now eat more, now she's not wasting calories on wine. Lynn was drawn to learning more about addiction. And as her knowledge increased, she realised that she could help others who were struggling. Many of the people who come to Lynn for counselling say to her that they just want to cut down. I think many of us are like this, because we can't imagine a life without alcohol. 
We just want to be one of those normal people who have one glass of wine and then go on and do something else. But the harsh truth is that once our drinking has crossed a line, we have to accept that we won't be able to cut down. So if you keep trying and failing to cut down, you'll save yourself a lot of time and heartache if you stop completely. And you'll also find it a lot easier than trying to control an addictive drug. And we have to remember that alcohol is a drug. It might be a legal drug, but it's still a drug. And 20% of social drinkers will become addicted and dependent on alcohol over the years. Lynn and I talked about the massive increase in alcohol problems in the UK during the pandemic. And as a volunteer counsellor, Lynn was asked to put in more days a week than usual. Even if her clients managed to quit during the pandemic, they then had to face a great hole in their lives. We actually have to reconfigure our lives when we stop drinking, especially if our lives have revolved around alcohol-related activities. This has been really hard during lockdown, of course. Far fewer opportunities to meet new people or develop new interests. Of course, anxiety and depression has been prevalent during the lockdown, and many people are on meds. But they actually have no idea that alcohol is not only making their depression and anxiety worse, but it's also preventing their meds from working. A double whammy. We talked about Tribe Sober's Sober Buddy programme. It actually has quite a nice backstory. It all began because some people who'd got sober with us wanted to stay with the community. I was imagining they would drift off into the sunset enjoying their sobriety, but they wanted to hang about, not only for personal connection with the tribe, but they wanted to reach out and help new people or people who were struggling. So that's when I wrapped my brain and came up with the Sober Buddy system. This was quite an informal project until Lynn came along and put some order into it. We now have pictures and bios of all of our sober buddies on the website, together with guidelines for sober buddies and people looking for sober buddies, all accessible in the members area of our website. Our sober buddies are not qualified coaches or counsellors, so that's why it's been so great having Lynn as our sober buddy mentor. If they need support and advice, they're now able to talk things through with Lynn as she is a qualified counsellor. So that's it from me. Don't forget to post that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Just take a screenshot of your review and DM it to Tribe Sober's Instagram page. That'll be your entry for the competition. Winner will be announced in a few weeks' time. So please do it right now before you forget. And the prize will be a free one-hour Zoom coaching session with our awesome recovery coach, Lynette. By the way, all new members have a session with Lynette. So if you want to be sure you don't miss out, then just go to tribesober.com, hit join our tribe and become a member. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. See you next week. Ditching the drink is like climbing a mountain. It's hard, it takes courage and grit, and an experienced guide. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've climbed that mountain, and we know the view from the top is amazing. We've used our experience to put together a unique membership program that will support you all the way. We've got challenges, chat rooms, sober buddies, trackers, and milestone awards, and that's just for starters. 
So head on over to tribesober.com and check out our membership program. It's the essential resource for anyone looking to ditch the drink and change their life.